Welcome to the Pod Play, where we teach podcasters and creators how to go ahead and run the podcast play. So listen, we got a phenomenal guest here today. We rocking with, uh, man, a really impressive brother in all regards here. We rocking with my man here, Cyrus. We got the, we, we, we got the, I love the game. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my man Ryan run the sounds here, man. This is our first episode it's here. first episode. We getting warmed up, though. We, we getting warmed up here. <laughs> Ryan Ketchens, also the co-host here, man. How you feeling about the new show, Ryan? Yo, I'm feeling good about the new show. See, this is the thing, man. The podcast play is probably going to be one of the most dynamic things to happen to social media. So it only makes sense for us to make it, uh, make it make sense for these creators so they can go out here and start monetizing their content and blowing up. No, absolutely, man. Absolutely. As for, for guys who don't know who we are, we are the host also of Hardly Initiated, which we went ahead and scaled a podcast probably faster than most people could and maneuvered in a, I mean, even the type of podcast we have is a tough space to really even figure out how to not just scale but make money in. But we went ahead and figured this out, decided to put a platform here because so many content creators was trying to hit us up and figure out how the hell can I do the same thing so we created this platform here for you guys. And listen, not are we just going to be telling our story. We're telling the stories of the greats. And I'm sitting here with a brother who has another phenomenal podcast that's really popping out here in the street. Cyrus, tell us about your podcast, man. Tech is the new black. <laughs> I like that, man. Yo, uh, That uh, name is sexy. Yeah. I mean, first off, man, I appreciate y'all for having me on uh, for this first episode. I know that this is going to be incredibly impactful onto y'all's audience and everybody who taps in. Uh, because, yeah, I, I didn't even realize just the value of podcasting. Um, but, yeah, but Tech is a New Black is a um, it's a media and community platform uh, centered around the tech industry. We educate people on how to break into tech, um, how to scale um, their income beyond six figures to like quarter million, half a million dollar, like salary, just your your nine to five job in the industry. That's big money. Yeah, yeah, big money just from, you know, just from working remote usually. And uh and then the final piece of it is really we also educate people on how to launch their own software company because that's where the, that's where the the billions are at, you know, is in like a software product. Uh so yeah, so we talk a lot about that. And uh yeah, have dope people on. It's making a lot of money and got there really fast at a really young age and just kind of put people on. That's what we want to figure out, too, because not um, first of all, not only are people struggling to get traction to the show, mm -hmm. but not many podcasts at all are figuring out how to make money off the traffic that they have. So you, in the damn top 1% of podcasts, being that you figured out both of those things. Mm -hmm. yeah. And first of all, yeah, I wish I would have been in that conversation that we had. The best conversations, by the way, on the, on the podcast are always off the camera. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. my, <laughs> my dog here was blowing our mind because he's a brilliant mind, especially in the area of tech. And he was also breaking down how the, the podcast space will be impacted by everything and all the innovations that's currently happening in the tech space. So we actually going to pop that shit off here because I think you even made a bold you made a bold <laughs> prediction that podcasting or podcasters might even have the potential to be replaced by AI what were you talking about with that tell me about that yeah man so i would say so there's a few different pieces so there's an opportunity whenever there's like a threat that's on the, the on the horizon there's also an opportunity at the like same that. time i like that and so the opportunity is that yeah ai uh technology is is definitely inching closer and closer towards replacing podcasters. It's not, it's not here yet. That'll be something that'll happen within the next 10 to 15 years. But the opportunity that's here is that the technology that's coming out is something that podcasters can leverage. 
And if they leverage that, it can help them essentially lap their own competition. And then, yeah, in 10 to 15 years, once AI and technology is at a point where it can replace those podcasters, maybe then they, between their investments and between how much they've grown their podcasts already, they'll still be able to either stay in the game because they'll be that top 5% that was using AI uh, for their own uh, for their own leverage. Or if they're a person that wasn't peeping game as to what's happening with technology, yeah, they'll be rendered obsolete themselves. So we, so we, we don't want that to happen to podcasters, right? We yeah. want podcasters to be able to, you know, produce money on a monthly basis for the rest of their life if possible, right? Yeah. But, you know, speaking not too distant into the future, what are some things that a content creator or a podcaster could do to leverage AI right now in their business? Man, a lot. Uh, so a few, a few different pieces. I know one is, you know, the most popular right now. It's kind of the, the, the Bitcoin of AI is ChatGBT. You know, the mm. same way a lot of people associate Bitcoin as if that references all cryptocurrency, and it doesn't. ChatGBT <laughs> doesn't reference all of AI. Uh, it's just, it's the biggest household name right now that's blowing up, and for good reason. And so there's a, a plethora of things, whether someone's leveraging uh, ChatGBT, which, um, you know, ChatGBT essentially can do everything as an AI assistant, but there are other AI platforms that aren't as broad in everything that they can do, but they specialize better than ChatGBT does. So for example, even for, for my podcast, uh, we don't come up with the descriptions or the titles to our YouTube videos. We use a platform called um, called VidIQ, uh, which is a bit more, is a bit more popular, but it's more specialized for YouTube, where literally you can tell the AI what your video is about. Like maybe it's a clip, or it's a, you literally can just tell it what it's about, and the AI will spit out for you five titles for that video. But it won't just be five random titles, or even five titles. You're like, oh, those are pretty good titles. The AI, because it it extrapolates data from YouTube, which if people don't know, YouTube is the second largest search engine after um, Google. Mm. It extrapolates that information, so the AI will give you vid give you video titles that will allow you to rank high when you post that content on the respective platform. So it isn't just the AI giving you five ideas that it thinks sound catchy. It's giving you five ideas, five titles, where it's like, hey, these will like you know, statistically speaking, should allow this video to to hit hit pretty well just from the searchability of the title. Hold Ooh, on, wait, wait, wait. I'm so, not gonna lie, we we I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed right now. No, no, very, <laughs> very, because we're not using this. We doing this shit the old fashioned way, watching the videos randomly coming up <laughs> yeah. with what we think a good title should be. Asking each other, hey, what was that episode about? Yeah, like doing doing all the silly stuff. Yeah. I want to go back to this. First of all, what was the name of that technology? That's called VidIQ. Write that down, y'all. VidIQ. Yeah. And you can use it to come up with titles for, is it just... Is it, is it just going to be the full-length videos, or can we use that for all types of content, like for the shorts, for full-length videos, for Instagram? What's the limitations? Yeah, definitely. So you can yeah use it for everything. So, for example, the way that my team and I does it, so the, the videographer that shoots our, um, shoots our podcast, after he shoots it, and he's there in person, and uh, so he'll he'll know all of the questions that I, I'm going to ask the guests ahead of time. And he's smart enough to recognize whenever we have a sideline conversation that he's like, yo, this is valuable for us to post as well. I, I have a working relationship with him. I trust him. Obviously, every videographer doesn't understand content creation, but Facts. he does. He's a great person. Shouts out to uh, Eric Bates. Uh, but yeah, he... So he will make the... He'll make the clips, and obviously, we, we call clips basically anything that's over two minutes long. So he'll make the clips. They'll be two to six minutes, two to seven minutes, two to 10 minutes long. 
But then from the clips, he'll also, you know, make a short or a reel or a TikTok from it as well. You know, something that's that's I, like gentlemen like yourself is pretty, pretty basic. But he, when it comes to the title, he passes off. He uploads the videos into the Dropbox. Then I have a guy who works in he lives in the Philippines and he posts our content everywhere. So he will just take the, the question because I always have the questions for the guests. He'll just take the question that I asked the guest uh, and he'll put that in vidIQ and vidIQ will spit out five different titles. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, vidIQ helps with that. It also does the descriptions for the videos as well. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there, man, there, there's so much software. I mean, Is it free? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So they, have a, they do have a free version. Uh, I do the paid version. I think it's somewhere around like, I think somewhere in the ballpark of like, 30 bucks a month oh, or something that's like phenomenal. that. Oh, I, yeah. mean, I mean, we, we consider, I mean, you, you're talking about us having conversations about how well we know our own content. Mm -hmm. I would imagine the AI knows our content a lot better than us even. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's another software, and I can't think of it right now, but there's another software where, you know, you can upload your clip or upload the video into the software, and the AI, again, will scan the entire video. It'll scan the entire transcription of everything that was said, and the AI will predictively say, okay, based on the context of everything you spoke mm -hmm. about, this is what this video should be titled, which for, you know, new content creators or new podcasters, that's beautiful because if you, you know, that'll one save from, from clickbait and clickbait in and of itself isn't bad, but it's bad when it's, when, when people click on a video and then what the title was has nothing to do with the actual video. Right. They don't trust you. Exactly. So one but but why do people do that? People do that because they're like, okay, I have to have a title that's interesting enough that's that catchy. people want to click and watch. But AI is able to resolve that problem. It's able to, one, give you a title that's catchy enough, but two, make sure that it's true to the actual context of the conversation of that video. And that's something that within our hum limitations as, as humans, we're limited with doing that. Sometimes we're not able to come up with the best title for a video or figure out how to summarize it. But AI can do that and it can do it significantly faster. So I want I want to ask this too because you you're doing something that I don't know if a lot of content creators are doing but you probably should be doing especially on YouTube you creating your full length videos and you also creating short clips the mm -hmm. two to six minute clips mm -hmm. based on what you've seen first of all tell me why you went ahead to even start putting out the full videos and the clips and also which ones are performing better and bringing more traffic to your channel man so why is I mean diversi diversification is king. You know, like you have to diversify because there are some people that just go through shorts or reels or TikToks. You know, there, there are people that will just watch those all day and will never watch the longer clips and will definitely never watch the entire video. Then you have people that will no, they want to watch or listen to the entire podcast. Or you have people that are like, no, I actually want to see this full conversation because, of course, uh, uh, one of the, the shorts will never fully capture everything. You know, so the reason why is really just to hit the different audience members, you know, so that way you capture the people that will just listen to shorts all day or you capture mm. people who want to hear more of the clip or sometimes one feeds into another. You know, you'll have a short where someone will hear it, they'll get triggered or they'll get intrigued, whatever emotional response they'll have. But they're like, yo, no, nah, I got to see the rest of this. I need to hear the rest of this conversation. Yeah. And so versus some people, those same people, if they see a video, even if the video is only four minutes, five minutes long, They'll be like, ah, I'm not trying to invest 
that much time into listening to this. But if they see a 60 second short, 45 second short, like, oh, that's nothing. I'll definitely listen to that. And then after they listen to it, they're hooked. So they're like, okay, let me go ahead and now watch that five minute video. So it's it's a way for you to filter an audience into larger, you know, larger long form uh, content that you're, you're making. But in terms of what's performing better, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna keep it a stack. One of the things that I am lacking right now is is uh, us actually using our data um, mm. and us us actually making um, informed decisions off of it. So I literally just hired someone on, and and I'm, what I'm wrestling with is again AI. I just found an AI platform that can do this, but I just hired someone on who's gonna be able to go over our um, our, our analytics on all of our platforms and help us make informed decisions as to okay what's performing best, what we should do best, but. Like I said, there's AI that does that now where AI can literally scan through all of our content and can not just give data because data by itself is data by itself is I'm not going to say it's useless, but it's really the purpose of data is for you to make informed decisions off of data. Facts. And again, the AI will be able to tell us, okay, hey, based on your audience, based on other people within your niche, and based on how your your clips are performing versus this versus that, we determine the best move for you to make is to now make this type of content or make a video about this or interview someone that that talks about X, Y, and Z. And again, AI will be able to do that. That, I just hired someone to do that. Uh, She's she's overseas. You know, the, the cost of living is entirely different. So what I'm what I'm, what, I, what I'm paying her isn't something that's like going to break the bank. Nevertheless, AI is still cheaper. It's more wow. affordable. And it's it might be better. So I'm going to make So just for context for the audience, for Ryan getting to the next question, as y'all can tell, this dude Cyrus is absolutely a tech nerd. Okay, y'all keep hearing <laughs> this fine. word AI keep getting thrown around. I'm newly introduced to it. You don't have to know AI no, you don't. to necessarily podcast, but it's a valuable asset. If you're a business owner, it's, what it stands for is artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much like a digital consciousness, and it, it it's now being used, okay? This AI is, you can download, upload information into mm-hmm. it, and people are using this AI uh, to make decisions in their business that they would, in the past, have to either hire people to scan this da- data and, you know, consult them to make decisions, or they would just have to spend copious amounts of time themselves to yeah. do research, where this AI is able to do this in a matter of seconds, if not minutes. Yeah. So just to give you guys context yeah. on what that is, if y'all new to it, like I am as well. But Ryan, what were you about to say? Well, so I want to jump into this data, right? Because you got mm-hmm. different aspects of data. So mm-hmm. you're right now talking about more of the analytical data, like mm-hmm. the reach, the engagement, that type of deal. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk to you about customer data. Because yeah. one of the um, limitations that we actually found on YouTube is that we weren't able to actually collect phone numbers and emails. Mm, so yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. Like, how are you collecting customer data and, and, and what's the best strategy if you're not collecting it on YouTube, obviously? What's the best strategy to get it? Yeah, man. So um, for, first, I do want to double down on what you said. That, yeah, uh, nobody don't don't allow me throwing all these acronyms and stuff to intimidate you. You don't have to leverage AI right now because we just started using a, using AI and technology. Everything mm. we've, we've done up until two or three weeks ago was us coming up with the title. So so all of the growth that we ha- had is more of the traditional things. So I don't want anyone to get intimidated and think, oh man, I don't know all of this stuff and feel overwhelmed and think that you can't like be successful as a podcaster or content creator. Because again, this stuff is still new. It's just more so as you grow, as you build out, either you yourself or someone on your team should just kind of look into it, learn a little bit about it and see what 
what pieces you might want to implement within your uh your your business structure um for for your your podcast but hey, they, listen they need it out <laughs> we got to get the sounds in we got yeah. to oh yeah I, I, need, I need to start getting some sounds we ain't got no yeah. sounds it just be just be dry and just <laughs> just be dry <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's spice up that damn tech yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> right right <laughs> uh no nah, man so in terms of in terms of us capturing uh, capturing information because yeah that is that is uh definitely something that's limited with YouTube. Uh, honestly, really, we are stepping into the into the the app game. So there mm. is a uh, and someone had brought it up to me, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it." But honestly, it was uh, speaking with Ty. He was the first one that like was like, "Yo, bro, that's like a real smart route to go." So he planted the seed, and then I ended up having a meeting with with a tech company mm. that where they they make you know they'll make your app for you, and they have everything in house that's really good for you. Uh, I've seen some companies that do that, and I know really they they'll they'll own the app, and you don't own it and everything else. But this tech company is uh, different the way that they rock, Then they're specifically tailored for influencers, content creators, and podcasters. Right. Nice. Uh, and so literally when, when I, I jumped into a meeting with them and when they were talking about what it was, I was like, well, Ty just mentioned this to me. He are, he already planted the seed. So that's the step that we're about to take because right now we have very limited information on our audience outside of just their engagement with our content. Man, that, that's one of the keys, like, because you want to be able to leverage that, you know, that following really for a mm -hmm. lifetime. Yeah. And the only way for you to actually be able to do that is to be able to reach out and contact them. So that app play, I think that's one of the most significant things that it uh, it allows you to have, and that's the customer data. And see, that's yeah. the thing. If y'all are not in a position to get an app, you need to figure out how to just get a landing page mm -hmm. where you mm -hmm. can capture the information. You don't necessarily have to have an app to get your customer data. If in your bio, inside of your YouTube, if it just takes them to a website or a landing page where they can go to and a pop-up pops up where you asking for your people's email... It's important, guys, because that's the only. If they never come back to your channel, or if YouTube takes you off that channel, you do not want to be a hundred percent dependent on these social media channels. It's a higher for you to be level, able to touch and engage audience. It's a higher level of brand equity that you have once you have that customer data. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Now, one hundred percent, man. So this app actually, how do you plan on leveraging the app? Because it's a lot of different ways to do it. For you guys, again, that's not probably you know a hundred percent privy with hardly initiated. We have a men's growth platform, and we were talking about this a little bit off air. Our men's growth platform goes into wellness, wealth, and women, and it's a personal growth channel where that is not necessarily business, so people are not necessarily watching our content to say, I want to make X amount of dollars. So because of that, that can be a more difficult area to monetize, being it's very difficult to quantify the value mm -hmm. that you get coming to our channel. Somebody that's, you know, you know, watching a business podcast or something, something like yours, mm -hmm. they are there to make maybe X amount of dollars a year yeah. or to drive X amount of traffic. So mm -hmm. it's easier to have a transaction with this person. So yeah. we used our app to pretty much create exclusive content. So now at this point, we've got just about, I mean, we're just about launching this app not too long ago, guys. We've got, we're about to hit a thousand people organically wow. yeah. in our app paying us. That's crazy. If you, if you got to entertain, if like, if you have a channel specifically educated, um, uh, specifically targeted for entertainment, you have to charge for your content. It just doesn't make sense because the entertainment channels are going to be the most difficult uh, podcast or content to monetize. Yeah. 
So you have to monetize what you already have, which mm -hmm. is which is the actual content. And see, if not, you're going to put yourself in a position to have to monetize it with some damn relationship course <laughs> or, you know, with your own time being consulting, which I see a lot of people do. But at that point, it's no longer passive. Man. Or they become radio hosts, essentially, because what happens is they get accustomed because this is the thing about a lot of people got to understand how YouTube work, right? Mm -hmm. YouTube incentivizes you for viewership. Yeah. So literally, I mean, if you think about it, like the most practical way, what's the most practical way to get more viewership? To put out more videos. Yeah. So what happens is you're already putting out two, then it comes three, then it becomes four, then it becomes seven days a week you're putting out content. And then on top of that, you still haven't monetized it. Yeah. So now let me start a Patreon or a upgraded membership. So you're putting out these a ridiculous amount of episodes. You're putting out spending thousands of dollars you know, in your time and effort, and you're not making the equivalent amount of money. So to me... What happens is with the app, you get actually paid for subscribership. Yes. So this is somebody who is committed, somebody who is loyal, somebody who shows that they have a desire for your content. Mm -hmm. So I don't really care if they watch it a thousand times or if they watch it one time, as long as they're making that one payment every single month, yeah. which is much different from monetizing YouTube. And the other beauty of that, I love that. The other beauty of that is it's always easier to sell to someone that's already buying from you. You're, it's always easier to upsell. I mean, look at look at Apple. Like, you know, Apple's able to sell an Apple Watch easier to someone that has a Mac computer and an iPhone than it is to someone who doesn't have any of those products. They have an entire ecosystem. And that ecosystem creates a, a place where people feel impulsed to, to, to purchase or utilize everything that you have. So, yeah, having that app, even, yeah, you, you know, you get that, that secured once a month uh, payment. But also, whenever you have other products or services that you want to put out there, the first people that are going to want to get it are going to be people in your community. Mm. And so, because they're going to be thinking, like, ain't no way in the world somebody, like, other people that's not in this community going to have it, and I ain't got it. So, I have, I have to get this thing first. So, how have you been making money now off your podcast in particular? Because I know you said the app is now going to be introduced, not necessarily introduced yet. So how have you been able to monetize the traffic that's coming through? Yeah, man, and that's so important. Um, that's a really important question because I, I run into a lot of uh, podcasters or new podcasters or people plan on starting a podcast, and I'll ask them like, okay, well, how do you like how do you plan on making money from it? And I realize a lot of people think like, oh, well, you know, it'll get a lot of views and stuff, and you know, Instagram or YouTube will pay me. And I'm like, that AdSense <laughs> money is not it's like nothing. is not a lot, and you know, and I mean, it'll like even like. You know, on the best months, my podcast from from YouTube will get about somewhere between three to four thousand a month, which I know for some people it's, that sounds like, oh man, that's a lot of money. And it's like, well, first off, we we put a lot of content out there because I have a, yep. I have a I have a, a, lar a, a good team, but <laughs> but when you when you are growing something, you realize that's not like money versus yeah, you having actual monetization, something to do outside of your views if especially it's not enough to live and invest reinvest yes. it's just not enough money no exactly that yeah that's uh, right to the point yeah so yes so what we've done to monetize uh were are a few different things uh so one i have affiliate relationships with us uh, so again tech is a new black we help people break into the tech industry and we do that via uh helping them get education on different roles in tech uh, so whatever it is you want to do, nine times out of 10, we have some affiliate relationship with the Bootcamper program where one, we help our audience get discounts 
into those uh, programs. And those programs give them the education and the tools that if they kind of follow that process, they'll get a six-figure career in tech. And uh, it's it's a lot of people have gotten in, so it's been really great. I don't charge people anything uh, anything for that. The programs like pay us on the back end, and that's essentially how affiliate uh, marketing works. So whatever niche that you're in, nine times out of 10, you can get some type of affiliate relationship. I mean, even my barber, my uh, barber was over my uh, crib uh, cutting me up. And, you know, I was telling him, like, you know, I'm giving him game. And I'm like, you know, he's saying he wants to start a podcast. And he was like, yeah, I'll cut someone's hair. And while I'm cutting their hair, we'll have a conversation. I said, dope, dude, that's a dope concept. And I told him, I said, bro, I asked him, how are you going to monetize? And he was like, same thing, just thinking views, ads. I said, no, bro, this is what you can do. I was like, I'm not even a a, a barber, but I can tell you how you can monetize. I said, bro, what are those clippers you're using? He was like, they're (laughs) such and such. I said, well, what's the other clippers? They're such and such. I said, bro, you can either hit up those companies or if those companies are too big to, for you even reach them, you can hit up. There are other Clipper brands that are trying to get exposure. Right. And you can partner with them and say, hey, while during, during my podcast, I'll be cutting a person with your Clippers and I'll do a shout out for your Clippers and tell people to purchase your Clippers and I'll make sure I have like an affiliate link. So that way the people that are watching the video or listening, they can go and click on it, purchase the Clippers, and now he'll receive a percentage of that cut. And of course, we know... YouTube is one of the greatest platforms to be uh, ever um, like to have like evergreen um, uh, component and people always being able to watch it years down the line. They 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 repromote videos way better than most other social media platforms uh, platforms do. So it's like, yo, you can constantly get residual income from that one video years down the line. And then I was like, but let's let's say I said, okay, bump it. Let's say that you know, you're not even able to reach these different clipper companies or reach, you know, I don't know, like, again, I'm limited with everything I know a barber, but just using that example I was talking to him about, I said, you can also do review videos. You can do a review on the top five trimming clippers and you can have different price points and price ranges. You could set up, you know, an Amazon store or set up some type of store that I was like, when people type in that specific question, whatever your niche or your brand is, when they type it in and they're searching and then they find you, because again, these platforms are all different search platforms. Even Instagram is becoming a bit of a search platform. When people find your video content and they watch it, understand that you are literally, whatever you're marketing or you're, you're selling, you're selling it to your specific target audience. Um, for anyone that doesn't know anything about sales, most sales or marketing only has a 3%, um, 3% ROI or return on investment. So most things that you generally market only roughly 3% of people are going to purchase. But when you are marketing something to your target audience, and again, you're going to know they're your target audience because they're watching the video. They exactly. saw the title, they clicked on it, or they, they clicked to listen. So now you know they're the target audience. Now your ROI is in like, now you're talking like a 30 to 50% chance that they're going to purchase the product, especially if you're doing a review of multiple product pieces. And again, I only use clippers, but that example applies to relatively any other niche um, that that you might be in. So essentially what you did was you created this, basically this platform, right? This trusted platform, Mm -hmm. which is essentially an online market where people can come to you and you could pretty much point out all of the resources that they might need are the recommended, most trusted tools exactly. mm-hmm. that they need on the way to get to the destination. Yep. And then you just hit up the platform and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm directing my audience to you. Either one. Now, when, you, when as your brand grows and this is where our brand is getting to now, now we're having conversations where we're like, yeah, we have an affiliate relationship, but also 
we have a recurring like you were like they're starting to pay us recurring uh, on a recurring basis yeah. now where it's like, yo, you got to pay us 10 stacks a month if you want us to continue. And yeah, we're going to have the the affiliate stuff going on as well. And so that way you're getting money on. the I call it money on the front end and on the back end, because now you're you're having people you're having brands pay you or companies pay you a set amount, maybe monthly for some type of sponsorship slot. Wow. And people, again, your target audience, the people that are watching that video and the people that are like, yo, this sounds great. I want to do this or I want to purchase that product. And you're getting money on the back end from that affiliate, you, uh, you, that affiliate relationship. You pretty much created a salary plus a bonus every month. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Salary and commission. Yeah. Straight up. So I got two follow up questions for this. Mm -hmm. One, how do you build trust with your audience to be able mm -hmm. to even have them comfortable to per potentially purchase products or services that you recommend? Mm -hmm. And two, how do you vet the vendors or the uh, affiliates that you work with to make sure they're you know, providing some quality product? Man, uh, wonderful question. So one of the ways is um, you actually being your, your own avatar. So unfortunately, there are a lot of people out here now that either have courses or are promoting things of stuff that they've never actually done. They get a little bit of information and then they're like, oh, okay, let me promote this, let me push this, whatever. And one of the, the the blessings that I had was that I didn't I didn't say, oh, I'm gonna start a podcast. Let me find something that I can make money off of. I literally did the same things that I put people on. I did it without even thinking it was gonna become a podcast. I broke into tech, all of that. So even if it's not tech, whatever whatever it is that you're gonna talk about, make sure that you are honest and true to yourself. Because if you're lying to yourself, people are gonna realize that you're a liar. Uh, <laughs> you know, unless you're a phenomenal actor. But yeah, so one, make sure. <laughs> yeah, for real message, y'all. Y'all keep it a hundred with people. So one, when people see your story and they know, okay, like this is what you're saying is true, that builds a certain level of trust. Uh, the other component is is transparency and honesty, even when like you made a mistake about something. So mm. there was there have been like boot camps or programs where I like recommended at one point, and then I started realizing, okay, they're actually not the best for people right now. So then kind of going back and admitting and saying, hey, look, y'all, I gave this advice, and again, that's more content for you. Now you have content where you're it's an apology video or it's a video of you <laughs> saying, hey, I was wrong about this. So again, you can monetize that. So that's another piece of content. No press is bad press. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but again, it now that builds further trust with your audience. So I was gonna say like, that. Yo, like, yo, you're so yo, we appreciate you for being honest and, and X, Y, and Z. So that builds trust. And then I would say, uh, and I, I'll say that the third, and there's other ways you could do it, but this is the last one I'll mention with this, is yeah, you, you, bring in, you bring in people on that are, have that social proof. People who, who know either more about you or know something different from you. So that way your audience realizes, okay, you're not trying to be a gatekeeper or you're not trying to just have people listen to you. You're giving exposure to other people. I mean, what, I mean, what are y'all doing right now? You know, y'all have me on here, and I mean, y'all, y'all know y'all podcast stuff. Y'all, right, y'all, right, y'all right. can spit all the game and stuff I'm talking about. And it's like, but man, y'all, y'all bring me on here. You know, your audience, if, if you know, y'all listen and pay attention, it's like they didn't have to bring me on here, and give me this exposure, but they have me on here because they're like, yo, like let's have someone else come on and talk to our audience and maybe explain something a little different than we might explain it to them. And so that should build trust, uh, trust with y'all in terms of like, you know, their, um, their brand. Um, I promise they didn't pay me to say that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but it's absolutely true. I mean, I mean, this thing, this online social media space is one of the most collaborative spaces that you could potentially be in. Yeah. So when you position yourself with other experts, it only is, is there to make you more credible. Yeah. So, you know, I just think this is probably one of the best things that, that you can even do is actually having somebody to come on your show and to drop GMs for an audience because... Everybody eats. Everybody eats. And did you talk yeah. about how you vet the uh, vet out those vendors? 
Oh yeah. So um, yeah. So there's a few few different ways uh, to to vet out your vendors. I mean, one you literally could just. I mean, just finding them, you could either Google or in this case, maybe chat GBT now uh, to um, to find um, different uh, different vendors for you to uh, to work with and partner with. But in terms of vetting, I mean, you will have to look up reviews um, mm. unless you're doing an affiliate thing where you're doing reviews on their product and you're able to tell people the truth and still monetize off of that. But um, yeah, but in terms of vetting, the way that we specifically have rolled it out is uh, so, for example, a lot of people right now want to get in cybersecurity because uh, there's a lot of security uh, in it. No, no pun intended. Um, and But within that, it's like, OK, we'll look up different cybersecurity programs. We know our audience. We know that most people are not trying to pay. 10,000 plus to do uh to do a boot camp which mm. you know like you were saying off um off camera earlier that's still a good deal cuz that's an investment for a six figure career that's a great deal nevertheless a lot of niggas ain't got money like that so a lot of people are like man I'm not trying to pay that much so so we'll sometimes cut out people um or vendors because they're like okay your price point is too high for our audience mm. Because people are trying to get some money. They don't have the money to pay that. So we'll cut some people out because their price point is too high. And then others will cut them out because they'll because of the way that they charge our audience, there's there's this thing called income shared agreement where they will kind of say, Okay, yeah, we'll help you get a job. We'll only charge you this much, but after you get a job, you'll have to pay us, you know, a thousand dollars a month for the next four years, the next five years. It's like, bro, that's that's like them having a luxury vehicle. Very interesting. You know, whatever. Right. So there are programs where I, I cut them out. I initially worked with them, but then just in my heart, I was like, man, I don't want to help people get rich, get in the tech industry, just for them to be chained to having to pay something for four to five years. Like, I'm like, nah. So, so, so we... So one of the things that we we cut and we make adjustments as we move forward, and then also we hear feedback from our audience. There are some people that we'll work with, and everything seems great, seems wonderful. But then, like, if, if our audience is hitting us up and saying, "Hey, look, I'm I'm doing this program, doing that, the stuff isn't really working out," then we're like, "Hey, we'll hit hit the hit the hit up those programs and be like, "Yo, y'all either gotta clean y'all stuff up, or or we're cutting y'all like straight up." Wow. Yeah. So again, and that builds trust with your audience, like so. You know, so yeah, so you want to do your, you want to have a good vetting process, but even after you vet a partner or a company you want to work with, it's a continuous, like you listening to your audience to constantly re-vet them and make sure that their brand or whatever it is that they have is still holding up to par quality wise. And see, we talk about this a lot too, guys, especially to the people in our community, because that's what we call the affiliate play. Mm -hmm. And that play is so powerful because it puts you in a position to focus on what you're good at as a podcaster, which is putting out the message building your audience and you literally get to leverage a product that you've never even created or had to create yeah. and go ahead and it's a perfect partnership. Everybody's working to their strengths. Yes. You guys are fulfilling the product. I'm over here bringing in the audience and you guys work together. And I think one of the most dangerous thing that a podcaster can do is just see yourself as a podcast mm. and not really understand that you are a media company. Yes. That's one of the biggest things that we really trying to, the mindset shift we trying to bring to the people in our community because once you see yourself as a media company you understand your value and you understand that as a media company your job is to bring eyes and to bring viewership to a platform and this is what every single organization and company needs to survive this is what people are spending thousands millions of dollars for is for viewership that's yeah. why it's no damn label on this on, on this <laughs> bottle of water right you gotta here. You got to pay for that. Because I understand what's going on right here. Mm -hmm. I understand the value of viewership and the influence that we have. And when you understand that, 
you understand that you can collaborate with other companies and they'll be willing to break bread with you and then money is made. So yeah. I like the way that you capitalize it. That's the number one way you're making money with that affiliate play? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're about to step into um, into brand deals. Uh, wow. You know, and so that that's something we're really excited about because yeah, one, the beauty of uh, affiliate marketing is so dope. Affiliate relationships are are so dope, or affiliate play, like you mentioned, um, is so dope because again, you can you cannot have a large audience and still monetize fairly quickly. Uh, but the other component is that it's not a guarantee X amount of dollars right away. But usually with those brand deals, and again, you could be smaller and still get brand deals. You just work with a with a smaller brand. But you know, when, when you're trying to get, get those brand deals where you know they're they're sending out, you know, 20k a month, 15k a month, 50k a month, you know, something like that, usually you have to like have a certain size or a certain amount of views, you know, whatever it is that they're looking for. And uh, we're stepping into a space now for those brand deals. And that's like huge because that's like a, a set salary, you know, at least for that contracted period. And maybe you might have to renegotiate in the future. And so, yeah, so that's something we're really excited about are, are those um, those uh, brand deal opportunities. And of course, you know, eventually merch like you have your own your own uh, products, whether we don't have any courses of our own. Uh, and that's really just something that's I'm kind of in my head about. Uh, don't y'all be like me. Don't be like me. Have your own courses. Is that have something that you want to do in the future? Yeah, it is. Um, it definitely is. I mean, I have more than enough knowledge because because literally that's what I do. Like we I give all the game away. But of course, the beauty of a course is that instead of because people hit me up and they'll ask me, hey, they'll try to ask me a thousand questions and I'll just kind of direct them to my FAQs, which is so broad and, 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 and generalized. But it's like the beauty of a course is that it's very focused information. And it's uh, it's it's it literally will kind of take them depending on what kind of course it is. It should take them essentially from A to Z, or at least you know A to some letter, and then you have another course that'll take them to Z. And so yeah, eventually we will have a course. Uh, it's just man, I, I think what we're and this is another thing that you can do. We're doing events. That's actually a different direction that, that we're going in. Like in real life events yeah, or virtual events? In real life events. Wow. So we had an event in December. It's called Podcast in the Sky. Uh, and yeah, we, we sold tickets. Tickets sold out the first few days. Because again, y'all, listen. Hold on. How can we collaborate with that? Podcast in the Sky. We're trying to get on to speak or something. <laughs> bro, I'm, bro, I'm super down for that, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, no, I definitely want to chop it up with y'all about that um, for y'all to be able to come on. Because the next one's going to be, be, be longer, larger, all of that. And we want to have diversity of, of platforms that come on even that aren't in tech uh that would come on and so because one of the things we want to talk about with our audience moving forward is okay yeah you're in tech now you're making all of this money but for those of y'all that are in tech and you want to be a content creator or you are a content creator but you are limited by what you don't know about whether podcasting mm -hmm. or other elements would love to have somebody like y'all on where y'all can speak to that to our audience uh those that want to like grow their own um you know be, be um be not, I was going to say podcast, but be a media company, like you said before, because that was facts, uh, what you said straight up. Um, yeah, yeah. So now we're going to do events that we had our first event. Uh, tickets sold out uh, really fast. Um, and it, it was a it was a luxury event. Like mm. the tickets were not for the cheap, cheap. <laughs> My team were like, you charging, we charging $250 for tickets to an event. And I told them, oh, they're, they're going to sell out. Like they're going to sell out quick. And because why? Because again, we our audience trust us because they know okay you're you're giving us some good stuff. So even if, let's say you know those that are listening or watching, you're thinking like okay in the future, like man, I'd love to do some events too. The biggest thing is hey, 
make sure that your audience trusts you. Make sure that you're, you're giving them real value so that way they will. I mean, we had people flying out. This is our first wow. event we ever did. People were flying out. People drove 10 plus hours. And it was a dope event. And uh, the, the main complaint were people saying that they want, wanted it to last longer. And so, but yeah, but that's one of the things we're going to do as an event. And again, that goes back to brand deals because now you have an in-person event. There are brands that'll want to set up like booth space. They'll want to be counted as a sponsor or they'll want to sell products there. You'll have, you know, there's so many ways you can monetize an in-person event. And so not saying you have to do that, but, and then also, you know, you have your, you know, you have your podcast at that real event. And that's a cool component as well when people rewatch it. And that, that gives you a level of social proof because now you know, it's one thing for, for people to, you know, see you in, in, a, in a room, in a studio doing your podcast outside of your following and your views. You know, it's something that looks fairly simple. Anyone can do it. And, and truth be told, most people can. And that's <laughs> right. the beauty of it. That's, that's the, the beauty, beauty of, it. of it. But when you do any, I'll say event play, because I like how y'all, uh, I like the play uh, component. When you have an event play and people are watching that, or even if they're listening and they can faintly hear the audience in the background laughing or reacting, they hear that, it gives a certain element of like social proof it to does. your podcast. Or people are like, dang, people pulled up to your event, they bought tickets. Man, I mean, you for real. I yeah. mean, for real. So then they thinking like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm gonna continue listening. Cause if, if, if your content is valuable enough that people paid and traveled to sit in a room to listen to what I'm listening to for free, <laughs> just, you know, or listening to just by paying like a, a, a not a 250, but like, you know, paying a, a smaller monthly subscription. It's like, yeah, they're going to want to continue to rock with your content. It's, it's so much uh, a higher level of credibility. It mm -hmm. really reminds me of when your friends know you got a, a podcast, yeah. but then they don't, they don't listen to it. But then yeah. when they see their friends listening to it, all of a sudden they like, Yo, I'm so you proud popping. of you. <laughs> yeah, you popping. Yeah. Right? And then they want to tell people, oh yeah, that's my that's my homie. That's not, yeah, I know. It's the same way when you got that event. It takes it even even up a even higher level. Mm -hmm. And fellas, listen, let me tell you, we got we gotta wrap this one up here. But when I tell you, Cyrus, I appreciate you coming up on here and dropping this game. Yeah. It's really so many places that we could have took the conversation that I wanted to that we didn't, but we definitely gonna have your ass back not even on just this platform <laughs> but we're gonna have you on harley initiate as hey, well bro, i'm with it so y'all go ahead and stay tuned in i want you guys to understand here too that just to kind of recap for you guys because a lot was given here you talking about the affiliate play on how to monetize your show we even went into the events we briefly touched on merchandise it's so many ways to make money i don't want you to overwhelm yourself because if you notice before he went into all these other things he started with one Okay, he started with one. Yeah. So th that's that's my biggest advice to you guys. When you're growing your audience, when you're getting that momentum, don't overwhelm yourself trying to make money. Seven, 10, 12 different ways. Start with one way to make mm -hmm. money. As a matter of fact, this Sunday, we got a free workshop for all podcasters, all podcasters this Sunday. Man. The link is right there in the bio. We're going to be breaking down the seven plays to monetize and going deep into our favorite, that subscription play, so you can figure out how to make money off your traffic. But listen, man, Cyrus, I appreciate you coming up here dropping game. Ryan, Cyrus, y'all got any final words for our audience before we go ahead and wrap this thing up? Hell of a first episode, man. Yeah. I got, Listen. We, this is going to be a good show. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be a great Absolutely. show. Cyrus, man, you dropped some game on us, man. I appreciate it. Hey, bro, I appreciate y'all. I mean, I've, I've already learned a lot about y'all from podcasting, just to be transparent. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I've, I've been in y'all's, you know, just posts that y'all put up. I've been like, yo, I didn't even know that. Mm. And I'm like, yo, we need to implement that as well. So I, I appreciate y'all and for the gems that y'all are giving to people. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys make sure that you go ahead and follow on Instagram, the pie plate and subscribe to this channel as well, because the game is going to be heavy and this is only the beginning. But listen, thank you for tuning into the first ever episode of the pie play, baby. We out of here.